Welcome to the Conquering Chaos Podcast. I'm your host, Erin E. Hooley, president and founder of multi-million dollar e-commerce children's clothing line, Bailey's Blossoms. So it turns out I'm pretty good at business, but what really lights my soul on fire is providing other entrepreneurs and mompreneurs with the tools they need to truly succeed. So if you have a business or have one on your heart, you're in good company. Pull up a chair or drop in some earbuds and let's conquer some chaos today. Hello guys, and welcome to another episode of the Conquering Chaos podcast. If you had a side hustle or are considering a side hustle, this episode is the one for you. So we are going to be talking all about how to balance a side hustle, particularly when you also have a full-time career, what it takes to make it work, and even turn it into a full-time operation. So before we get started, today's listener review is from Chelsea Arnall, who says, Erin's podcast is nothing short of amazing. She has such a likable and engaging voice that I could listen to all day. I love her inspiring stories and how relatable she is. I can't wait to learn more about conquering chaos from this incredible mom and entrepreneur. Thank you so much, Chelsea, for your kind words of encouragement and for taking the time to leave a review. It seriously seems like such a small thing, but it really goes a long way in letting me know that all of this hard work and hustle is worth it in making a difference. So if you really want to make my day and get a shout out on a future episode, please take a quick minute to leave a review and give me your feedback on the show. And with that, I'm incredibly excited about today's guest. I have Pete Tidwell here with me today, and he knows what it takes to take a side hustle and get it off the ground and really take it to the next level. He's a self-taught baker, marketing professional, and entrepreneur, and he is known as the Mighty Baker and is the two-time winner of the Food Network Channel's Cake Wars. And what's better is he started the Mighty Baker from his home back in 2013 while balancing his growing family, three kids, and a full-time career. So I can't wait to dive into his story and his expertise. Pete, thank you so much for taking the time to be here today. You are so welcome. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Of course, of course. Now, before we get started, I'd love to know three fun facts that everyone needs to know about you. <laughs> three fun facts. Three oh, fun facts. Um, <laughs> I juggle. That's kind of a funny thing that somebody wouldn't know about <laughs> me. I love having adventures with my family. We go on hikes every Sunday afternoon, just kind of local, kind of chill hikes, just to spend some family time. And love it. it's a, a, cher a cherished time that my kids have just grown to love. So that that's one other thing. And, you know, aside from my passion for baking, if I wasn't a baker, I would definitely be a pit boss and I would be a barbecue and smoked meat guy. So that, that's awesome. another thing. There's another side hustle for you. Me, so. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's great. Oh, yeah. Very cool. <laughs> Well, I'm dying to get into your story, and I know our listeners are too, so let's talk about the beginning days and what inspired you to start your side hustle. Yeah, um, it's, inspiration goes back a little bit further than 2013. Um, ever, from when I was 15 until I was 28, I worked for my older brother, Tad Tidwell, and he owns a few of the Gandalfos. So I worked for him for 14 years. And the reason I share that is because he was always a huge inspiration to me. And growing up, teenager, teenage years, through high school, through college, he was always an example to me. And I always knew in the back of my mind that I wanted to own my own business someday and work on something, but I wasn't sure what it was back then. I also had some inspiration as a young child. My grandpa Brinkman um, ran his own typewriter repair business, an office supply oh, store awesome. up in Vancouver, Washington. And he ran that for 35 years, and that was his career. And I really was impressed with, you know, I saw his hard work, but I also saw that he was able to 
put together his life how he wanted. He was able right. to go golfing. He was able to go on vacation with his with his wife, um, and I was really impressed by that. And then fast forward, um, when I was in college at BYU trying to figure out what in the world I was going to study, I found the advertising program there in the communications department. And while I was there, I was able to work on some really fun projects to kind of get me into the small business world a little bit. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, I started watching Food Network shows and food shows and started baking and doing cakes on the side a little bit. And from that, um, when I was in my last few years, last couple of years of college, I decided to just start teaching myself how to bake. I didn't start a business at that point because that was in 2011, but I started kind of baking and making some cakes and, and then just as a hobby or doing it for other people. You know what? In 2010, 2011, it was mainly just a hobby. It was something I enjoyed to do. But then in 2011, I, out on a whim, I decided to ask somebody that worked with me at Gandalfo's if I could make his wedding cake. Oh, that's and, awesome. and it was super out on the limb because I had never done a wedding cake before. And I'm like, hey, uh, Eric, do you think I could do your wedding cake? And he's like, well, have you ever done, have you ever done one before? Nope. And I'm like, no, I have not done one before, but I've watched hundreds of videos and I'm confident I can do this. That's awesome. And luckily they took a chance on me. And I made my first wedding cake. Um, it was right at the beginning of 2011, and it was nothing short of a success. And it That's was amazing. it was amazing. It, it turned out great. It didn't fall. I was able to deliver it. It, <laughs> did, it, 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 it did take me like 20 hours to do, but <laughs> oh my gosh, I love it. Okay, so after making that first cake, then what? So then, after making that first cake, um, it was right towards the end of um, being. At BYU, we did a short internship out in New York City um, for a few months during my junior year at BYU at L'Oreal, and then came back, finished my senior year, and then went back out to New York City. So my wife and I, our one-year-old daughter, moved to to New York City to the Big Apple to live in Manhattan wow. in 2011. And working you know, with L'Oreal. Yep, working at L'Oreal, I got a full-time job offer with them. So working as a product in product marketing there. Wow. And that's a and far it was a, cry away from cakes. I know. <laughs> and that, that's the kind of funny thing is when while I was at BYU, I almost quit at BYU to go to culinary school because I was really interested in food mm -hmm. and and a little bit of cakes at the time. But something something inside me was kind of telling me like, don't do that. Stay at BYU and follow that path, which I was really upset about it at the point, just right. because I was like, I don't like what I'm learning at BYU. And that was before I found the advertising program. And, but it was a super, like, I look back now and it was a super pivotal moment because both my wife and I were sad to have that answer be no, mm. because I was miserable in school at the time and I wasn't very happy. Right. I wasn't enjoying what I was learning. But we, we took that, you know, inspiration, that feeling that we had and continued. And that led us to New York City to work there at, at L'Oreal. And it was interesting. It was a super fun experience and a super growing experience just to learn a lot of product development, a lot of marketing, especially for a large corporation. Right. And I was there for about a year. Um, I decided to leave there, not because it was a bad job, but it was it wasn't it was not 
um, utilizing the creativity in my brain. Sure. Um, there wasn't enough creative outlet that I had at that position. You weren't position. fulfilled. Exactly. There was something missing. Right. And so I left there and then worked at Microsoft at their advertising office on 6th Avenue. And I worked there as a contract job for about a year. Just I needed the money. It wasn't that exciting of a job. Um, but during that job, it provided me the opportunity to have like a nine to five, whereas my L'Oreal job was like a 70, 80 hour a week job. Right. Because I de demand a lot. Whereas at Microsoft, because it was a contract job, it allowed me to work a 40-hour work week and have some side hustle time. Mm. So what I started doing is I ordered a pastry textbook online, and I taught myself from beginning to end through this huge, thick pastry book of cake recipes, pastry recipes, croissant dough, like everything. Wow. And, and in evenings and weekends, that's what I would work on. And any time that I would have a night that I was just – because most nights I'd be super, super down that I had to go to work the next day. Sure. And I'm sure my wife got fed up with that. And, <laughs> um, and you know, anytime I was in those down moments, she would look at me and tell me, Pete, go in the kitchen and go make something. Hmm. Because the times that she saw that I was the most happy was when I was working in the kitchen and working on a recipe or learning something new in the kitchen. And, and that was a big learning for me. Because, you know, I hadn't necessarily noticed of myself up until that point. Right. But she noticed. She's like, that makes you happy. If, like, your day job doesn't make you happy, maybe there's something to this baking side. That's um, amazing. Because I truly see that that, that that makes a difference in your attitude, how you hold yourself, those kind of things. And so it was interesting. So I, it was coming up to the end of my contract job at Microsoft. Um, we were living in New York still. And then the decision came of do we stay in New York? Do we move back to Utah? Um, and right at that same time, my parents um, were leaving on a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and they left to go to Mozambique in Africa for mm. a couple years, and their house was empty, and we were able to live in their house and for free for two years. Awesome. And we're like, that is a blessing in yes, disguise right there. Yes, that's huge. Um, and so the goal was when we moved back to Utah to move back, get a job in marketing and to start a bakery business from home. So was your wife helping you in, at this point making the cakes or was she just supporting you? You know what? She's just been an amazing support to me throughout this whole thing. She likes making cookies, but she has no interest in That's awesome. doing, doing cakes or anything. She's actually an author and she's working on um, some novels right now, which Very is pretty cool. exciting. Um, cool. So we're, we're both supporting each other in some crazy things. That's so. great. Okay. So now you're in your parents' home, you've got access to their house and I'm assuming their kitchen. So we moved back to Utah. I got a full job, a full-time job in marketing, um, at, at doTERRA. And then I was like, okay, how am I going to start my business? You've identified what makes you happy now. And exactly. And it's funny because my, my parents, like they have like this old, like seventies kitchen. I mean, they're still in the same house to this day. Awesome. Um, and it's with this old seventies kitchen, the oven's teeny, <laughs> there's not very much counter space. Like it's just, but because, um, and most states have this, but Utah has a law called the cottage food law. And that allows you through the department of agriculture to to license your home kitchen as a business kitchen. Oh. And from the beginning, 
just because of my learning about business and marketing, I wanted to make sure that I opened a fully legit legal business from home. Right. And so I went through all the hoops, jumped all through the hoops to get my business license and get my kitchen inspected amongst having a full-time job. So I was work my nine to five and then I would come home and work on my business. That's amazing. And I have to actually yeah. stop you for just a second because yeah. I think a lot of people get stuck on the legalities and all the hoops that you you said that you jumped through. Yeah. And I think that that stops a lot of people in their tracks. They're saying, I've got this dream, I've got this goal, but then they look at the paperwork and the stuff that's not fun and they go, ah, it's not worth it. So what <laughs> what was it that pushed you through that? Was that just experience and seeing other people be entrepreneurs and the, the challenges and pitfalls that arise when you don't push through the unpleasant to get to the joyful side? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, you know, as I looked at it, um, I really looked at it from the perspective of I wanted to do this. I wanted to do it seriously so that people would take me seriously. Mm. And, and so... It, and it did scare me a little bit in the beginning because I, you know, opened up the websites to like register my business and, you know, right. establish an LLC and learning about what an LLC and what an S corp and all that kind of stuff. All the even exciting is. stuff that you really <laughs> wanted to learn about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And after looking at it, I, I think what really drove me is just, I mean, ever since I was a kid, I've always had this attitude and work ethic of, and I mean, it's from my parents, but of just this work ethic of like, do whatever it takes to get the job done. Yeah. And even if it's not fun, even if it's not pleasant, there's certain things you have to do to, to make that next step and make that next leap. I love that. And I think that was something just inside that just, just kept me that drive just no, kept I love me going. That. Like, I'm like, I'm not going to let this stop me. Right. right. If this is, if this is the, my barrier, like I'm not going to let this stop yeah. me. I can do this. And that's exactly it. If that's your barrier, then how far are you really going to go in your determination, your dedication to push past whatever else comes up in your, in your way. So it's a really good identifier and almost separator between those who are taking themselves seriously, as you said, and those who are maybe a little bit more passive or, or maybe a little less believing in what they're trying to accomplish. Exactly. I love that. Awesome. Okay. So you did all the right things. You set your foundation strong and what's next. Okay. So of course, when, you know, launching a new brand, launching a new business, like what are you going to name the business? Mm -hmm. And a lot of people ask me, where did the name the mighty baker come from? And it actually came from my wife. So she bought me an iPod when we were living in New York city for my birthday, had it engraved on the back, Pete Tidwell, the mighty baker. That's awesome. And, and she just kind of just, you know, out of just for fun, came up with it. And so when we moved back and came to Utah and we're starting the business, um, it came to the naming part and it was just, it just made it sense just right there. That's great. I love yeah. that. We're like, Hey, the mighty Baker, that's fun. I had a friend of mine that was a graphic designer that I reached out to and he designed the perfect logo for it. And what we did to launch the business is we're like, well, how, how do we get the word out now? Like I'm baking, I'm making these yummy desserts. How do I actually get it out there to see even if people like my stuff, mm -hmm. right? So what we did is I did a lot of research and I, um, one Saturday we were walking around in downtown Provo and I think we were at the grocery store and saw across the street, the downtown Provo farmer's market. And we went over there and walked around and it was like the first Saturday of that summer. And we're like, this is, this might be a fun opportunity. So I looked into how much does it cost to put up a booth, mm. what licensing type stuff are involved. And it turned out that it was only $20 a week to set up a booth wow. and to sell stuff. And I was like, 
that's a I really can do fun that. opportunity. That's awesome. So yeah. And so like the next Saturday we booked a booth and we made a bunch of cookies and may and you know, got some print printed pictures of some wedding cakes that I had done and put those on display. And we didn't know how much to make or how little to make. Right. And and really even how much to charge too. Right. And you know, in the beginning we didn't charge enough at all for what we were for what we were doing. And of course I've changed that, you know, over the years, right. but and that's a, one of the big roadblocks for a lot of people. How, you know, how yeah. much is enough? What do I charge? All of these things. So where did you turn to kind of gain that intel? Yeah. Oh yeah. And I could go off on this for like the whole <laughs> like hours, but I'll do, give it brief. Um, so now, you know, I know that the most important part of it is, is making sure that you pay yourself what, what you're worth for the time that you're spending to produce that product. Right. right. right? And in the beginning, I was, you know, taking my cost of ingredients, right. taking, you know, the amount of time that it took me to put it together, but I didn't really put together all the other time, like the going to the grocery store, the right. cleanup, the traveling back and forth, the setup, the sitting there at the market all day and like all those little time pieces. So then when you're actually doing the breakdowns, you're like, oh, I didn't make very much money. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and so then, you know, we slowly learn each week. And we ended up doing the Provo Farmers Market for 22 weeks in a row Wow! Um, that first summer. And bless my wife's heart, she was my cookie maker. I would make, all, <laughs> I would make a, a lot of the other stuff, and she'd help make the cookies. And I'd be working my full-time job, and she'd be at home, you know, packaging up cookies that we baked the night before. Wow. And also have two kids at home, all of these different things. Right. And my wife also, you know, pretty much put her, her author career kind of on hold for me for quite a few years. Wow. Um, now she's getting back into it That's like, heavily now over, over the last year, but she kind of put a lot of dreams on hold for me, which is, you know, pretty emotional for me. And because she's made a of lot course. of sacrifices to help me get to where I'm going. And so now it's time for me to give back to her, which is kind of I fun. I love that. That's amazing. So you're working this full-time job. So you're coming home and you're you're working the second side hustle in the evenings and every every weekend. Yeah, I, it was crazy. I was getting probably no sleep. Um, I would work forty hours during during the week, and, and then coming home and working to you know one two a.m. and you know maybe some 3 a.m. and sleeping for about four or five hours, get up the next day and do it all again. And that, and yeah, and it was crazy because business grew pretty fast. Um, and so that was 2013. And um, for the next two and a half years, kind of followed that same path. At this point, is your goal to make this a full-time business? Is that what you had your sights set on? Like you were trying to grow it to X, X size to be able to leave your, your corporate career? You know, in the very beginning... I wasn't sure, um, right. but once I was into it about a year and a half, that's when I started thinking like, oh, there's some real potential in this. Hmm. It could become a full-time thing. Awesome. Okay, so now a year and a half into it, you're going strong. You've got your sights set on turning this into a big thing. So then then what happens? How did you make that jump from one to the other? Because that's a, that's a scary thing. Oh, yeah. It's super, super scary. And how I did it is... I really started focusing on my wedding business, wedding cakes and catering as those were the more profitable parts of my business. And an interesting thing happened in the beginning of 2015 is my job at doTERRA, my full-time job actually changed a little bit. Mm -hmm. it, our departments were restructured 
And some of my more favorite parts of my position actually changed. Mm. And so at that point, it was kind of a pivotal time because I, I had my business that was at this point where it was kind of almost to the tipping point where I was like, I was, I was a bit afraid of promoting it more because then like I would get zero sleep. Um, <laughs> or the other part of it was, is let's hit this really hard. And so right when my job was changing, it kind of gave me motivation to really push hard on my business. And so I started promoting my weddings like crazy and I was able to book enough weddings that I got up to, you know, June of 2015 and then went to my wife and said, Hey, on paper, this makes sense. It's crazy, but I have enough wedding cakes booked that should carry us through these months. And at the same time, I was looking for an, a looking for a potential location too, and that was kind of part of my our discussion and and back and forth was, hey, we have enough weddings to carry us for a few months. We have a potential location that we could open up that could also increase sales and provide income. Right. And luckily, my wife. My wife is a dreamer and a huge supporter, and she's like, yeah, let's do it. Awesome. And, awesome. And no hesitation. I was probably more scared than she was, actually. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that. Okay, so then did you just jump all in at this point? Yeah, so, you know, when, when it was June, I told doTERRA that um, I was going to be quitting at the beginning of July and working on my own business. So I gave them a month in advance just to make sure that they had everything covered on their end. Right. Uh, make sure I didn't leave them in a lurch or anything. Also, because I wanted to leave them on good terms just in case I needed to come back someday. That's something I've always tried to do in any, any job or any type of thing is leave it at a good place yeah. so that you can utilize that connection in the future. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, so I left there and in July and had a crazy successful summer of doing weddings. Um, and then at the end of that summer in October of 2015, we opened my little storefront shop. Oh, that's amazing. Okay. So, and, and at this point it would be easy for people to go, Oh, awesome. You're on easy street. Now things are great. The end. But I think the one constant that I, that I know from every entrepreneurial journey is that is never the end. And that <laughs> part of the success journey is being able to stack up all of these learning experiences and grow from them, conquer them, and then take on the next challenge and pivot. And so, so let's talk about that for a bit. Have you experienced any challenges that have caused you to have to pivot? Oh yeah, totally. I opened in 2015 shortly after opening. Um, my wife actually challenged me to, to apply on cake wars on the food network. Right. And we ended up going on and and ended up winning. Obviously, I did well, but I was not expecting to win. That's awesome. Um, Congratulations, so went on there. too, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. It was so fun. And so I did that right after we opened. It was, you know, the it was August of 2016, so within that first year of business. Wow. And then at the end of that year, we were invited again a second time to go on Cake Wars, and we ended up winning. And during these two, these two opportunities – are you shutting your company down to be able to go and do this? Or are you doing it in tandem and again, you know, not sleeping? That's a good question. So the first time, the first time was within two months of hiring a few people at my shop. Cause the first, you know, six months I was just working at my wife and I, and I guess that's an important point to share too, is in the beginning, you know, we bootstrapped the whole thing mm -hmm. together. We didn't have any money. Yep. We had to buy used equipment. We did not, you know, get everything that we wanted to because we didn't have the money. My dad loaned us a little bit, but like as for labor, like 
I was working, you know, 80 hour weeks and my wife would be in there with our, with our newly, newly born son at the time that was like four months old and crying <laughs> while she's helping customers and like, yeah. like full on family business style going on. At this point, were you questioning it when you quit a 40 hour work week to go and work for yourself for 80 hours? You know, I was gung ho, but my wife wasn't sure at times. <laughs> um, I was, I was still like, you know, had that fight mode in, like, I'm going to do whatever it takes. Like, this is going to work. This is going to work. Whereas sometimes, sometimes my, my wife, you know, she would be very supportive, but sometimes like, all right, well, I guess we got to do this again tomorrow. <laughs> and, and just, just staying in that fight yeah. um, and continuing on. And there was times definitely where I thought to myself, like, first off, I know I have to make this work because I signed a three-year lease, right but on the second hand, I'm like, but like, this is going to be rough. Like I, I need to hire employees. I'm going to kill myself if I keep working this much. Like I'm going to, re- I'm, I'm going to suffer from this. Right. Um, and so then in the beginning of 2016, I started hiring some people. And this is right before you get on the show. Yeah. And this is hilarious because I hire this, this lady named Gabby, super amazing woman. And I tell her within, you know, a month of her being there, Hey, just so you know, I'm going to be in LA and it's during the week. She just seen her. She's like almost had a heart attack because she's like, I just got hired. I don't even know what's going on here. I'm like, Gabby, I know you can do this. That's I know, awesome. I know, I know. And you, you said you were going to be there for how long? For five? <laughs> five business days. Okay. Okay. Wow. So 2016, 2017 were amazing years in business. My goal was going into 2018 was build up my staff. I had nine employees. I was ready for a super amazing year in business, but then some things happened. Um, we had some local construction that happened right by our shop in downtown Provo. Oh, lovely. And they're putting in a new UTA bus, bus line down there. And of course, with business, there are a lot of unseen circumstances that happen sometimes and you have to you know, deal with them somehow. Right. Um, unfortunately, our in-store traffic went down by 65%. Wow. And the reason for that was is that construction would close our road from time to time. Wow. And I think it was that combined with our, our parking issues. We had some other businesses move in next to us. Um, but all in all, what happened is because of the lack in in-store traffic, and I had my staff all ready to go, my full-time baker. And unfortunately, I had to let my full-time baker go because wow. I couldn't afford to pay him anymore. I had to let a couple other employees go. And so then I you know, started taking on the burden of everything myself. I was in the bakery at probably 2, 3 a.m. every day, wow. um, working 15, 18-hour days sometimes. And just trying to keep things going and keeping the doors open. And it was, you know, we had our good months and we had our really bad months. But all in all, at the end of the summer, it was coming up to the time that my lease was coming up. And I kind of had to make a very pivotal choice right then. And that part of me was like, well, do I resign? And then once the construction's done, maybe things will change. Right. But we've always, we've always had, you know, horrible parking issues going on. And so looking at all of that, it was the hardest decision of my life to make, to make this decision. It was so hard because I wanted to do everything possible to keep this thing going. But right. unfortunately, I was ready to keep working and keep going crazy on it. And I actually I started to have some back problems and some other health issues that came up because I was not getting sleep and I was working too much. Right. And my wife's like, 
this is not long-term sustainable. Like maybe you can do this for another year. Right. And that kind of lit something up in, in me in that I was thinking to myself, I was like, well, I'm willing to fight for this, but we're not getting paid for me fighting this hard. Right. And so like if I, if I'm working 80 hours a week, I better be making thousands of dollars. Right. Um, and even then too, happening. it's just kind of what, what kind of lifestyle are you trying to create for yourself? And so having that ability to ha- to step back, especially when you put your blood, your sweat, your tears, and there's so much history for you individually and you as your family and all of your, and your team members in that place, those decisions are not even remotely easy and incredibly, incredibly burdensome and emotional and hard sometimes to see clearly. So I think that that's amazing that your wife stepped in. It's like a clear perspective. Say, hey, let's look at it from all of these different angles. Um, is this really what we want moving forward? Hard decisions. Yeah, it was it was such a hard decision. And having to bring all my employees into a meeting and tell them they didn't have a job was such a hard experience. It took me, it took me probably an extra couple of weeks to actually do it. I probably should have done it earlier, but I was just trying to hold on and hoping that maybe someday we'd have like a miraculous big sales day or something. Right. Cause I was trying to avoid it a little bit. Right. And, but I had to bring them in and had to let them go. And it was so, it was a very hard experience for me to do. And I hope, I hope to never have to do that again. Golly, I can't even imagine. I mean, that's an incredibly devastating decision to have to make. And so now you're regrouping and, and what, going mm-hmm. back to a nine to five again or, or what's the plan? Yeah, yeah. So at that point, um, another thing I'll add to into the equation is they wanted me to re-sign another lease for three years at a higher rate as mm. well as having had a bad, you know, a horrible third year in business. And so all in all, I decided that was the best decision at the moment to continue to do wedding cakes on the side. Um, but, um, of course having to, you know, get income for my family, I knew that doing the wedding cakes would not be enough to, you know, support my family. And luckily when I left doTERRA in 2015, they told me that if I ever wanted to come back, that I'd be more than welcome. And so I went back, I applied, got a job in marketing over there and I've been working over there for the last, um, quite a few months now. And the goal was to get a full-time job and to I wanted to regroup on my business but honestly like in the first couple months I just needed a break and right. to focus on myself and my family and just kind of get grounded again in life a little bit Absolutely. because I had been working so much and I needed to catch up a little bit and so those next couple months were you know hard because getting going back and working a full-time job after working for yourself is a really hard thing. Absolutely. It is not easy because all of a sudden you're answering to somebody else, and whereas before you made all the decisions yourself. Right. And so that was a really tough thing. Um, oh, but, oh, my gosh. I mean, the amount of learning experiences in this one pivotal moment alone, you've got incredible sacrifice from day one all throughout. You've got your ebbs and flows, and then you have these opportunities mm-hmm. to, to make pivots where you recognize the need to put your life and your lifestyle into perspective and see if this is really what you're working towards and what are you working towards and I think that that really sums up in so many ways entrepreneurship there's yeah I mean there are going to be good years and good times and difficult ones and the ability to just step back and to constantly 
put yourself back into check and kind of do an inventory of your life and your time and, and your finances and your efforts to really see is this is where I'm headed? Is this is that ultimate destination okay with me, or do I need to do I need to pivot and and change direction or change degrees just slightly so that I can be more in line with where my end goal was when I started? Exactly. I think oftentimes entrepreneurs, at least myself, I I get working so hard that I forget about myself. Mm-hmm. Given everything, and you're the last person on your to do list. Yes, <laughs> you're the last thing is- on your to do list. Yes, totally. I think that most entrepreneurs could probably relate with that. <laughs> what is your concept moving forward as you're kind of regrouping on yourself and your life and what you want? Yeah. Have you gained clarity as far as what now what you're pushing towards? You've already done the side hustle. You know how to do it. You're doing it again. Or how are you doing it differently this time? Yeah, that that's really interesting. You know, in January of this year, I had kind of a huge awakening. You know, after my business was closed for a few months, I then was able to, you know, get back you know, with myself and, and get back into good place. And I was able to sit down and think about my business with completely fresh, different eyes mm-hmm. because I had known what the past of my business was. I know, you know, was able to recognize the struggles and recognize how I got certain places, things I did right, things I did wrong. And I knew I wanted to start and work on something different. And there was a business idea that I had years ago, right at the beginning of my business, of something that I wanted to do in the future of The Mighty Baker. And that came to mind. And so I started working on this new angle, on this new business plan. And the interesting part of this is, is that because of my experience now, as I build a new business, I'm looking at it from the perspective rather than building a business that's a job for myself right. and that's going to take 80 to 100 hours a week. I'm trying to create a business that I can employ people, it can be profitable, and I can be the more CEO, CMO, creative person for the business rather than the everyday in and out operations. I love that. It's really fun and a huge, a huge blessing too is my a really good friend of mine runs a catering business and I, I'm able to use his kitchen right now for doing some wedding cakes. And at his kitchen, a couple months ago, I started doing um, cake decorating classes. What I've learned is that I really love to teach and I love to teach things, especially that I'm passionate about, like cakes. Yeah. And it, it's been such a fun opportunity to kind of see that side and also recognize the joy and the happiness that it's brought me just to be creative in the kitchen. And as I've spoke with other people, with people in my classes, um, I've formed this really fun business that I'm actually opening this fall in September in Provo. And I've kind of moved on it pretty quick. Um, I'm actually going to be opening a location in the shops at Riverwoods in Provo this September. That's amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. The way to put it most basic is it's going to be a cake decorating supply shop slash a place for um, cake decorating classes and a place where people can just come and decorate cakes. So I love that. um, You know, it's going to be amazing. I am like sitting on the edge of my seat because I'm going, oh my gosh, there's so much stuff in here that I can completely relate to. I, the number of times that people are going, oh, what makes a successful entrepreneur? Well, the only difference between a successful entrepreneur and one that doesn't succeed is the one that doesn't succeed takes that first trial that first major roadblock and says, oh, 
I'm, this isn't for me. I'm done. And they throw their hands up and then they assume that they are no longer, they're not a successful entrepreneur, but you're taking this trial to step back this opposition, to step back, gain clarity on it, pivot direction ever so slightly to make it more in line with what you really want. Yeah. I love that. One of the biggest things I've learned is that every time you fail in a business or even in life, it's an opportunity to then grow and become yes. even stronger person and a stronger entrepreneur. The biggest and opportunity, like, right? Oh, it's huge. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love it. Oh, that's awesome. I love it. Okay, so exciting things are happening for you, clearly. That's so great. I'm super excited for you. I mean, and really, you said it just right. Every time that we have experienced also a big trial, a big opposition, in the beginning, it scared the tar out of us. And we'd be like, oh, cover your faces, crawl back under the covers, <laughs> sob into your pillow. And now it's like, oh, something big is coming. And you can just feel it. And you're just kind of on the lookout and you take the blinders off and you go, all right, I'm watching. I'm paying attention. Lord, give me some inspiration because I know that this is happening for a reason. And it's going to, even though I don't see mm -hmm. all the pieces right now, I'm going to. So I'm on the lookout. Yeah. yeah. Um, I had one, one quick thing I wanted to add too, is that um, my strategy for this business too, is I have a few of my past employees that are ready to come on with me mm, and my strat, my strategy is that I'm going to actually keep my full-time job and work this and start this as a side hustle because I want to start a sustainable business that can be profitable and I don't have to take money from in the beginning. Awesome. My goal is to keep my, to keep my full-time job at least for six months, if not a year or more, just for that reason right there. And it forces me to create a business that is sustainable and, and, and causes me to have to form something that is simple as well and not overcomplicated because I have to make something that I can hire other people to run and have me still be able to manage it lightly. Um, but it's been a very interesting kind of dynamic that that's come and I'm super excited um, for the, for the future. I love that. Okay, so seriously, so many awesome takeaways throughout this whole conversation. And the ones that I just want to wrap this up in is number one, sacrifice, right? I mean, being willing to make the sacrifices to, to make that side hustle into the dream that you really see, creating that vision in your mind and really going after it. But that takes a degree of sacrifice. But in contrast with that, being willing to make the sacrifice, but not to the ultimate detriment of you. Being able to put in healthy limitations, healthy parameters that say, I'm not going to be the last priority on the list because that's when hard lessons are learned. Mm -hmm. And then three, being able to know when it's time to pivot. When a big challenge comes along, it's not a dead end in the road. It is a turn in the road and taking that step back to be able to gain that clarity, to be able to push through on this new opportunity and take it as an opportunity to shift and go towards that ultimate vision again, even if it needs to be adapted and changed or tweaked. Oh, totally. And I think with the, with the sacrifice piece, surrounding yourself with people in your life that are Huge. also willing to sacrifice as yes. well. Um, and having those cheerleaders because you need those people around you to help bolster you up. Absolutely. And having those people not only just to bolster you up, but also to give you a reality check when you need one. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, so for those who are clearly going to want to follow more of you and your journey, where can they find you? Yeah, you can find my website is uh, mightybaker.com. 
Um, and probably the best place is on Instagram. And my handle on there is just the mighty baker. And if people follow me on there, um, you'll see our fun announcements in the coming months of our I next fun projects. Awesome. That's so great. Pete, congratulations so much on all of your success, on all of your opportunities for learning and for really taking that bull by the horns and, and tackling it head on. I think that's fantastic. Thank you so much. You are so welcome. Thank you for taking the time to connect with me here on the Conquering Chaos podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, will you please take a moment to leave a review? It's the fuel to my fire and lets me know that my efforts to enact change and broaden your perspective of what's possible matter. Thank you so much for your support. If you want more content like this, don't forget to subscribe and connect with me on social media at Aaron E. Hooley or at AaronEHooley.com. Have a fantastic day. Get out there and conquer some chaos.